Welcome to Heirloom Radio, a different kind of oldies program with your oldie host, John Lovering. Earplay was a series of independent and then contemporary radio plays that came out of the University of Wisconsin station WHA back in the early to late 1970s and aired on NPR. It was an attempt to revive radio drama, which the producers of Earplay felt that the audience had never really tired of, but rather that the writers, directors, producers, and sponsors had simply walked away from and had moved on to the new medium known as television. The Earplay folks and the National Endowment for the Arts, which gave a $150,000 grant, felt that listeners would still tune in to hear a good audio play. So they produced quite a few of them on vinyl records and distributed them to NPR for airplay. The audio play anthology of radio dramas was entitled Earplay. On this track, you will hear an earplay program, which, by the way, was recorded in stereo, not common for most old-time radio shows. The program is entitled The General Brutus and was written by Jeff Wanchell and was aired on NPR on June 4, 1978. Now, Jeff Wanchill is a dramatist who had published and produced many plays for the Lincoln Center in New York on BBC Radio, Yale Repertory uh, Theater, uh, Circle Repertory Theater, and many others. But he also adapted his play, The General Brutus, for Earplay Radio in 1978. The story auditorially paints a very different Brutus than the Marcus Brutus that is in Shakespeare's Julius Caesar. There he is a tragic figure who is torn between his loyalty to his friend and duty to his nation. He is pictured as a selfless conspirator who acts in the pursuit of the public political responsibilities, his judgment guided by his own personal values and morals. He upholds a reputation of honor and nobleness. Well, as you will hear, not so much in this play of the General Brutus as part of the Earplay series heard on NPR on June 4th, 1978. I thank you for giving of your precious time to listen to this program, and I do appreciate it. And I do not take it for granted. Thank you. You're awesome. series of contemporary plays for radio. Earplay. This week, Earplay presents The General Brutus by Jeff Wanchell. Wanchell has been a familiar name in American theater for some time. His first play, The Disintegration of James Cherry, has been performed at the Lincoln Center in New York City and the American Conservatory Theater in San Francisco. He is the author of works as varied as The Rhesus Umbrella, Auto Destruct, and Fog and Mismanagement. And his most recent play, Isadora Duncan Sleeps with the Russian Navy, played an extended run at the American Place Theater in New York City. General Brutus, here receiving its first production, began life at the O'Neill Playwrights Conference in Connecticut. Earplay commissioned him to adapt the play for radio. The General Brutus by Jeff Wanchell. (laughs) 
Digger. Uh, I'm a lord. Ask yonder knight both who he is and why he approaches thus plated in the armusculature of war. Oh, my lord. The bombaster Brutus, my lord, desires a word with you. He's full of guile, hollow, deep, and treacherous. But I'll woo him to my purpose. Lead him to me. Oh, noble Brutus. Pray tell, what instrument is that you drag behind? Lord Fauntleroy, you are the chosen of Romulus and Remus, favorite of the Scions of Rome, yes. chiefest candidate for supreme general. Are you not, sir? I am, Brutus. And if I am elected, you will be my right hand, yes. my second in command. Your second in command, sir. Not your equal. My equal? With two cannot command, sir. This <laughs> be tyrants if e'er one raved. O oh, tyranny, thy rich deserve death endure. Drop to one knee and speak for succor for me. Oh my God. I crushed this adder in his shell for the common good because he was ambitious. Great figure. Oh, I'm Lord Fauntleroy and this weighty purse of <coughs> yours. See to it your hands are full of business. Uh, you shall be general, my lord. <coughs> now, I am Rome's favorite. <laughs> It is the hour of the general election, and I nominate Lord Fauntleroy. Fauntleroy is missing and presumed dead. Fauntleroy, art thou gone? Why, he is dead then. Farewell, Fauntleroy. Mark how his philosophy of stoicism well schools Brutus to withstand this grating shock. If thou art gone, why, so be it. Death, a necessary end, will come when it will come. Even so, great men... Great losses should endure. I nominate noble Brutus. No, sir, if it please you, I am unworthy. I cannot. Uh, no, cannot is false. I will not run, nor if elected serve. I vote for Brutus. Uh, oh, and I... I vote for Brutus. And I vote for Brutus. I vote for Brutus. I vote for Brutus. Brutus shall be general. Brutus shall be general. What can be avoided? Whose end is purposed by the mighty gods? Romans, Brutus thanks you. For what greater honor can you render unto a Roman than appoint him supreme general? Make him a god! Yeah. The gods are superior to the general elect. But let us not talk of gods, but of reprisal. Hmm. Senators, our neighbors, whom we value and clandestinely support, have been unwholesomely set upon and beat about the head and shoulders with a blunt truncheon. Oh, now is the time for all good Romans to come to the aid of their army. For on the morrow, vengeful Brutus shall forth across the chill green Chinese sea and let slip the dogs of war. I will repose the offensive emperor and with decisious victory, imperial Rome and gild the Romans to battle.
These are your troops. Men, by class, step forward. Break hells, idlers, jerk-offs, and base lackeys. Scurvy knaves, runaways, vagabonds, and scum. Motley, as in the text, but they'll serve as well as any to stuff pits or yield the crow a pudding. Fresh parchment, sir. Mm. Your time. Warlike Brutus takes command. Do you like this headline, Sentry? Yes, sir. Just fine, sir. Your name, astute centurion? Atrocious. I like the sound of it. Atrocious, you're promoted. You'll be my officer first class. Sir. Your Harold Tribune, sir. The Roman legions on the march, Brutus in control. What think you of this here emblazoned, my mercenary? Magnificent, sir. Your name, perceptive fellow. Ignominious. Tis goodly, to which you may now attend, officer first class. Sports Illustrated, your lordship. Latter-day Mars, Brutus' ascendant. How does it strike you, legionnaire? Oh, magnificent, sir, just fine. Name? Major. Officer first class of the General Brutus. Sir. Gentlemen, publicize your promotion as incentive to the troops. Sir, the army expects an address of some kind. Oh, but my address is the army. Where it goes, I go. I I mean an elocution, sir. A charge to the troops. Oh, a speech? You have nothing prepared? No, I... Well, uh, sir, you needs must improvise. Oh, uh, men... I say unto you, verily, where the army goes, I go. As its location varies, so doth mine own. It goes where I tell it to, and that is my address. Further, I promise you this. Obey my orders, and none of you will be killed. Except the immortal fallen who perish nobly in this valiant war to preserve peace. stairs with wobbling focus. The blind soothsayer, Artemidorus, sir. Men say he looks into the seeds of time hmm? and knows which grain will grow and which will not. This man? He is a dreamer. Pass him by. Oh, fatal general. The oracle at Delphi bid me warn the well-reputed oracle. Uh, so, well, general, it's take heed of the oracle's of bad news. I am not sure I wish to hear this message. That is the message. What message? Beware of bad news. Uh, Haughtiness, sir. We warn you. Do not try our patience further. What bad news? He means, sir, beware of bad news is his message. Bad news in general? Thus the oracle charged me. Sarah, you snare our attention. Now be blunt. As you do value your person, explicate. I can no more. Have you your wits, sir? Now what is you speak? Is the general Brutus to whom you augur? That means watch out. That means lighten up, Susie. I can no more. Then I'll be rid of you. 
Tear him, rend him, sever him asunder, leave him reddening the plain, and onward to China! <laughs> Certified? It is, my lord. Plague on it. In China, such darkness reigns, I cannot see my own finger. The fens of the lowland issue forth filthy clouds which clotten and infect the air. In vile contagion of this fog which our shrouds and swallows us, I do grow somewhat apprehensious. Who goes there? Your horse, my lord. So foul and fair a day I have not seen. We are safe, disembarked. Make excellent progress, but in a circle. Where to? General. For booty, pillage, and glory, onward, Roland soldier! We fall Lowering clouds by these rough high hills and swampy treacherous bogs will encamp, concocting how to meet the enemy in combat decisions. These dignities laid on me I well deserve. I am ripe for exploits and mighty enterprises. Mine officers, attend me, and I will unfold to thee what I have to show you. Aboard this crisp October evening, we stand about grinning as the good General Brutus unwraps a terrible engine. What fearful instrument is this, O General? This is my sausage grinder. When the enemy approaches the area occupied by my sausage grinder, he is a human being. After encountering my sausage grinder, he is sausage. A defoliation of sorts, specifically of the arms, legs, and head. Exactly. Uh The sausage grinder, reason my statisticians, encourages the enemy to lay down his tools, lift up his arms, and flee howling. Hmm. Gentle hearts, our strategy is simple. We go to where the aggressor lives, and when he comes out of the woods, we slaughter him with weapons. Men... You've got to teach these people, and this is the only way they learn. You've got to kill them to show them what they don't understand. Do you understand? Yes, sir. We do, do, sir. Very well, sir. Absolutely. Whatever you say, sir. Just so. General, the envoy of the Chinese emperor has arrived and humbly requests an audience. Conduct him to our tent directly. I see you are thin. That's not good. Envoy... Tell your warmongering emperor he hath offended against the laws of nature, God, and contract. Do what he may, Brutus show forth. We will depose him and seize into our hands his plate, his goods, his money, and his lands. Of thy intent by utterly forewarned, the emperor observed, Sour times are these when dogs, gob-bellied thieves, and burglars corpulent, unmuzzled range in murders and in outrage. The scurvy varlet speaks he of corpulence to be by a China man taunted, scorned, and baited at. 
Were it not for my stoic philosophy, I should not endure it. Tell your emperor China is breakable, and Brutus will trample on it. Good day. The emperor bids the general Ellant look to the sea. Well in thee may find thy image mirrored. The errant knave of free my mirror image. Spurn and have a sea, vile messenger. Now, cold, fearful drops, stand on my trembling flesh and my heart knocks at my ribs. I ran the Chinese envoy through, but he's unwounded. The emperor pleasants this memento, and I set in a hand, saying... Attend thy deeds, O General. Lastly, he feeds thee this cake, saying, Chew upon this. Alas, ye cannot eat it. It eats at thee. I will see thee again. He is of the bubbles the earth hath, as the water doth. The envoys vanish. Pleasure. Taste of this cake to see if it doth poison thee. Oh! My molars broke, my lord, but the cake struck open <gasps> within a parchment lies. What? Bloody thou art. Bloody will be thy end. Muttering and grumbling, do thy death attend. Oh, mark her. How the general's countenance doth drop. Right. He stoops and seems the more concerned than heretofore. Oh, studies I solemnly defy. Save how to pinch and gall this China man. Night hath been unruly. Chattering pies, lewd rooks, and jackdaws hung o'er the camp and jeered. Strange groans were heard, and gargles. The frame and huge foundation of the earth shaked like a coward. These freakish portents are instruments of warning under some evil imminent and monstrous. What is the hour, pleasure? Nearly dawn, my lord. Some sixth sense warns me of approaching peril. Sir, 1,400 Chinese advanced with drawn swords. Now put me our quarrel to the will of heaven and rain hot vengeance down upon offenders' heads. For Rome, God, and good cause, fight them on their own terms. Mount the hand-to-hand counterattack. <laughs> <laughs> The grim visage general doth redirect faltering stragglers back into the fray. Once more to the breach, my bulwarks once more. Close the wall up with all Roman dead. Murder, spoil, and villainy. Follow, Atrocious. How fair the statistics. Indifference, sir. Fifty of the enemy killed, forty-eight of ours. We have the advantage. Brutus, Rome, and glory, fuel them to particles, let pride hack their bones asunder! Two hundred thirty enemy dead, two hundred forty-five hours, a trivial, a purely numerical difference. Tear them, tear them, hence labor in thy vocation! Five hundred of the enemy killed, seven hundred three hours. What's wrong with them? Our men war valiantly, sir, but the Chinese, more familiar with swordplay, may carry the day. Impossible. The Chinese are the color of tooth decay. Give death his due, my cohorts. Pay the debt to nature. Go! (laughs) 
Another 25 of us, sir. Wiped out by a giant Chinese swordsman. 60 feet tall. The earth explodes at his feet. He scatters men like rice. To hell with chivalry. Ignominious. My bazooka. Mark him, he's hit. He topples. Sword play is derivative. Break out the flamethrowers. Swing in the helicopters. Spray them with mortars, germs, and nerve gas. Tidy up with little John, my thermonuclear novelty. The heath is blasted desolate. All is glistening stillness. It's a massacre, sir. Write it up for the trade papers. And what shall we do with those Romans who warred with swords, like gentlemen, and have now gone to a better place? Anyone there is can err. The grievance he is author of, Brutus, recognizes, rectifies, redresses in full. Promote these dead men. Honorably discharge them, bury them, award them the Medal of Meritorious Service, and declare their memory a Roman holiday that all may muse upon the random slain. Look, sir. Huh? The Chinese envoy. Ah, tell me, my slim ambassador, does it well please you the outcome of our skirmish? Your troops are incinerated. Not before parting with a thousand of your own. Pish, tush, sir, quibble, quibble. Common men, small change. Scads more where that came from. Your second cake, with compliments from the emperor, take. I will see thee again. Not if I see thee first. He's disappeared, my lord. When he seems to vanish, he but turns sideways. Crack the cookie with thy good tooth, pleasure. Oh! Uh, let me see. Blush, blush, thou lump of foul deformity. The horse and caterpillar goad and taught me, will he? As thou hast made the happy earth thy hell live not thy natural age, but by some unlooked accident cut off. Sting and nettle me. I'll... Soft! What hideous sound is that? Grumbling, sir. Wherefore do the men grumble? Except for the odd pillage, sir, and paltry booty. They have not been paid. They have none of them seen wages. Tell the men to, to forage into the countryside, to stop each citizen and inquire if he belonged to that portion of the native populace supportive of the General Brutus. If he say no, kill him. If he say yay, shake him down for what he's worth. Sir! How fares the new policy? Eighteen sesterces. Eighteen sesterces? Atrocious. The reason this measure does not succeed is because the men do not press the populace hard enough. Sir, the men are diligent. Half the locals have been taxed, the other half slaughtered and rifled. Uh, I I must conclude that unless they hid the money somewhere, the populace is poor. Well, rip apart the houses, find the money, and bring it here. Use the planks for firewood. Sir! Sir, how much? Fifty-seven sesterces. Fifty-seven sesterces. Yes, sir. To pay an entire army 
Tax the men. Tax the men, sir? To pay the men? You heard what I said. Sir, tax the men to pay the men. Now, what means this? By some unlooked accident, cut off. Your time, sir. I... Nero declares no war in China. Uh, reports of a war in China are greatly exaggerated. The Emperor Nero told senators today we must not let rumor undermine national morale. Uh, a minimal troop commitment to preserve peace, the Emperor mumbled, is something else again. The Emperor is shrewd. Best continue to war unrecognized. Mm. Herald Tribune, sir. Ah, team of critics sets out to study situation in China. Fact-finders arrived today. What shall we do, sir? Why, when the accursed malcontents show up, present to them we're here as friends to... to cause the sore-pressed populace relief. China's great bane is our population. By decimating their ranks, we ease this crush. Thus do we but help the Chinese breathe easily by slaughtering them. Those the busybodies knows further, sir. Snoop, peer, prod, pry open our business here, and of it, fire off dispatches. That I'll not endure. Better we dispatch them than they us. Critics, sir, approaching from the southeast, breathing ink, bristling with quill. Pack them, pierce right, them, right, right, mash right, their right, ears right, together, right, pitch their heads off, mow them down with tanks. Is this well advised? History will exonerate us. Uh, do you not detest copying censure? I do, my lord. So do we all. Exterminate them. Critics repaid in like coin. If we could but kill them all, we'd live forever in the hearts of men. The bloody deed is done, sir. Reaction from Rome. Sports uh, illustrated, your lordship. Uh, accidental butchery. A note hath arrived, sir, from Emperor Nero himself. Ah, warmest personal regards and best wishes for your continued success. <laughs> The men mutter and look heavily, sir, for their souls are full of dread. The hummingbird that followed us from Philippi, that sweet wing of omen, had alighted and was squashed by a foot soldier. And a ten-ton pigeon, a great gray bird that did blot the noonday sun, hath shat upon the phalanx, drowning six hundred men, or splattering thousands. Ghosts, sir, shrieked and gibbered and did counsel the mercenaries, pay thy life insurance premium. General, there's a monstrous cloud on high, huh? shaped like a fire-breathing dragon that uh -huh. drizzles blood unto the irregulars. All soldiers of fortune are much unsettled. <laughs> Gods, tis the first time I've seen a man struck by lightning, and from a clear sky. The gods gesture, if we but knew what to infer. This fight, this fight, this fight, this fight. Sir, thirteen of the enemy have been flattened by a falling tree. <laughs> Heaven intervenes, the gods favor us. Destruction, woe, and ruin, O General. On a search and destroy mission, two cohorts taking each other for the enemy lobbed home fragmentation bombs, blockbusters, and pineapples, erasing themselves utterly and without exception. And I alone am escaped to tell thee. Such are the vicissitudes of war. 
Men battle and, like the setting sun, sink earthward vermilioned. Sirrah, because you bear bad news, I snuff, <coughs> impale, <coughs> and mutilate you thus. <coughs> Yet fear not, the augury holds. Ambush and extermination, sir. On a sea can eradicate mission, the 8th Legion pursued a dozen of the enemy to a quagmire and toppled in. The 13th Legion pursued an enemy into the desert where it did perish of heat and horizon. A golden mountain fell on the 14th to 137, mortally crushing them. A golden mountain? For that he bears bad news, go in unto this man and undo him entirely. Now the general draws aside. See? He broods. And contemplates. Mm. Extremity calls forth strict measure. Friends, mm. I have meditated and see but one path clear of these o'ercrowding entanglements. At bad news, leap, kill all such incoming messengers before they unburden themselves. Oh, what form of news? A tale of disaster so grievous as ties the tongue of the orator and soils the lip that mouths it. Cleave and throttle him. Dash him in twain. What is this heaped-up mound of uniformed personages? Bearers of bad news. What word, Sirrah? Bad or good? Mm, not good, exactly. Crush him to a casserole. <laughs> words before blows! Words before blows! Left, right, left, right, left, right, left, right. Hear ye, hear ye? Unless his honor, Brutus the General, doth this instant cease and desist from the obsolete custom of murdering bearers of bad news, he shall from this declaration hence have no more tidings. Bad news indeed. Mangle the man. Roast him with napalm, sir. Chop him with a gatling gun. Drop the gate on his head. Your lordship, a word. Hmm? My lord, reconsider. We should spare this one. No, kill him, kill him. Bad news, isn't it? Precedent procedure. Sir, you cannot afford to kill this messenger. This one represents all others. Precisely. It's the principle of the thing. If I let this one go, I won't be able to kill any of them. Disembowel and be done with it. Sir, can the army function without communications? Ah, ah. Oh, I know not what may fall atrocious. I like it not. Can't we break up some contraption with wires? Shall we carve him, sir. 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 Your feet are too big. Your hands are too big. But because I love you, because of the great engrafted love I bear toward all messengers, I will let you go. This time, get out of here. Left, right, left, right, left. Mark me, atrocious, for mayhap on this one point... The entire enterprise falls down upon our heads. I acted against my instinct as you did counsel me. The chill of winter is now upon us. On this raw and gusty day, we find the General Brutus encamped in his own sternum, a makeshift barracks wrought entirely of stone. General! I'm not the war. Profitable beyond expectation. How so? We have killed five times more of the enemy than anticipated. Well done, sir. And casualties? Commensurate. Purely commensurate. <laughs> <laughs> 
It is that cursed muttering again. Atrocious. Wherefore do the men mutter? Because of sustained losses, sir. As to whether we're winning or losing, the army's infinitely subdivided. They are each man of a separate mind. Trash, rubbish, and awful. Hang those that talk of defeat. Now, I will myself into the pulpit and mollify the men. Men, because most of you have been killed, I know some of you feel we're losing this war. You're wrong. We're winning, and we'll go on winning. We few, we happy few, we band of brothers. We may have to kill every Chinaman in China, but we'll teach them. They'll learn. That's all. The men must cease this cursed muttering atrocious. It will make me mad, I tell you. Sir, for our private satisfaction, let us reason with the worst that may befall. Suppose we meet more Chinamen than we can kill. Never. Didst thou mark not yestermorn's headline atrocious? Plenty peacetime bombs necessary, says Nero. I well beheld it, sir, and did attend the small print. Senators not so sure. Suppose the Senate wavers, sir. Doesn't hold. Faults Nero. Charts a new course. What then? No, you not, atrocious. All seeing his good morn, good morn. It did spring the dailies. The Times, sir, has this issue printed your essay of strategy. The Times has my essay of strategy. I thought I had it in my pocket here. Look, sir. Okay. A photograph of you maiming civilians. Oh, my scrapbook. Sports Illustrated, sir. Scapegoat vote in poll revealing results. The sum. You won handily. My enemies multiplied geometrically. I mean, stink as have stopped. As here I tediously waited o'er. <laughs> Go back. Go back. <laughs> Look, he swoons. Mark, the fit is on him. Now he doth quiver. His lips be spit and flapped like awnings. Happy the falling sickness? His mortal instrument is out of joint. Sir! <laughs> oh, pay me no heed, sirs. I often lie thus upon the mudflat. Uh, tell me, good sanatorian, before I forget, what falls in this our tottering China? It's Rome that reels, sir. Hark, the Herald Tribune sing. Nero declares, I have been lied to. Uncovers war in China. The rogue general declaimed in capital. Ah, the Senate. Rome, the Emperor Nero today issued forth a statement saying, this is all Brutus's fault. He got us into this war. No more supplies, no more reinforcements. We're better off without him. I blame Brutus. The Emperor claimed to have been totally ignorant of the war in China until informed by advisors today. Reliable sources said here. No more reinforcements. Oh, British beasts. Men have lost their reason. Once more, the General's trademark, the unexpected pronouncement, the lightning change of policy. We'll go in on raids. Capture our own troops. Hold them to the front. Declare war on Rome. Crickets, sir. Critics still alive. Crickets, General. They've set upon the food supply. They are penetrating the tins, sir. They're eating everything. Well, the cooks say it's paranormal. It's worse than a portent. It's a full-blown plague. Oh, hideous infestation. Aphids, sir. The trees are bitten toothpicks. No cause for alarm. Without food, we have no need of firewood. But the gold, sir. General Brutus, now that all the food is gone, the men wish to know what they may eat. Oh, the men wish to know what they may eat now that all the food is gone, do they? Well, then, in that instance, I say unto them, verily... 
Let them eat mud. Let, Let them, them eat mud. mud! One of the men, sir, ate your plaque of command. My plaque of command? The very document wherein my authority lies vested. Did he eat the entire scroll? All except the indigestible seal of office. Bend down and wedge it on my breastplate here. <coughs> now, tis my badge of office. It suits me excellent well. Does it not? Well, doth it or doth it not? What's that on your arm? Why, foils, sir. Why does this just-arrived messenger speak naught, but stand stock still and stare amazed? Cholera. Cholera. He collapses. He turns blue and blows away. Heave me up, good pleasure. Oh, no. No, sir, no more messages. No more bad news. General, sir, cholera has broken among the men. By the fireside with the General Brutus. What carrion odor drifts o'er the rampart? Mortality, rank mortality, sweet mortal men, fodder, cook stove fodder. The statistics atrocious. 70,000 barbecued. Not a bad catch, not bad for a day's haul. A pity they're our own. I am the General Brutus. For 1,400 days, my men and I have been encamped in a jungle of mud. It is our belief that merely to remain here in the face of overwhelming odds is a tactical victory. More than nine-tenths of my original complement fester with cattle moraine. Not enough living are left to bury the deceased. As we charbroil them, the stink of the dead catches in the nostrils of the dying. For 43 hours, I have been out of communication with Rome. I have as yet received no response to emergency requests for food and ammunition. Nine of ten messengers are caught and tortured by the enemy. The tenth comes back to be shot by Atrocious, my first officer, whom I have cause to believe hath eaten of the insane root that takes the reason prisoner and is become unhinged. Worst of all, the unforeseeable. The men's spirit is broken and they are thick and unwholesome in their thoughts and whispers. Weary with disaster, much pelted with the vile blows and balisades of fate, the entire camp is about to turn into a mutinous boat. General Brutus, tidings from Rome. Speak, Bazooka! Zunko! Atrocious. Why did you kill the messenger? Don't you remember how you did charge me? He was bringing bad news. I don't like bad news. Unhinged, I tell you. He orbits the parade ground. Tidings from Rome, General. Oh, no. Bad news. Fuck him. He's violent. Sing, bazooka. Bongo. Why mute? Again. Bongo. Uh-oh. I'm out of pellets. Transfix these up. The messenger has run atrocious through. He falls. He's perished, sir. Troublous times. The homeland's tinder, sir, and conflagration. The Senate and Coliseum blaze. Oh, General, whilst Nero fiddles Rome in Tiber melts. <laughs>
cream is soured, to grunt and sweat under a burdensome, oppressive office, that it should come to this, how weary, stale, flat, and unprofitable seem to me all the uses of this expedition, uh, that this too, too solid flesh would melt, thaw, and resolve itself into a dew. But since in the gross and scope of my opinion, tis unlike... Look how our commander's wrapped, his brow deep mm. plowed with horrowful concern. It must be by his death. Come, good pleasure. Sir. I will unfold my bosom to thee. Suppose you we may yet manage this campaign to a happy ending? Unfashionable, sir. Then let us call and question our necessities. Mm. Should we be engulfed and quite overcome by the teeming Chinese... Are you content to be led in triumph through oriental back alleys? Think not that ever Plagia will go bound to Peking. The gods defend me from so great a shame. I dare assure thee the like, that no enemy shall ever take alive the noble Brutus. Yeah. Death cancels all bands. Brutus from bondage will deliver Brutus hence to the pith. Good Plagia, mm. that hour is upon us. We have neither supplies nor ammunition. The foe encircles us. At the least hazard, our ring of defense is broached. Our enemies have beaten us to the pit. It is more worthy to leap in ourselves than tarry till they push us. Sir, a word. <laughs> what? I, my lord? Me? Peace, good pleasure. Come hither. No, to be or not to be is not the question. That we shall die, we know. And he that cuts off twenty years of life cuts off so many years of fearing death. But in that it doth abridge our time of fearing death, this is death of benefit. Sir, and we that off this mortal coil shuffle do but act in our best interest. Hither once more. Shall I do such a deed? Oh, ill request. Do that. And do away with all the world. So it please you, I will not run upon thy sword, my lord. He <laughs> meditates. How is that noble vessel full of grief that it runs o'er even at the eyes? Pleasure. Be steadfast. We'll do this thing together, firing thereby each other's pluck and dauntless spirit. You first, I'll follow. Run upon my sword. But, sir, how will you then dispatch yourself? Brutus is resourceful. Never mind. He'll manage. Sir, mind I have it. At the same second, we'll turn our daggers into our own proper entrails. Wilt thou pleasure? If we should fail, my lord. But screw thy courage to the sticking place. Here would I thump thee, oh. and will not fail. Give me your hand first. Uh, Fare you well, my lord. Farewell, good pleasure. Uh, but upon this shank and hole, uh, this blow might be the be-all and the end-all here. If it were done, when tis done, then for well it were done quickly. Out, out, brief candle. I smite me. Thus. Oh. 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 Alas, for that my stoic philosophy doth forbid, I owe more tears to this dead man than you shall hear me pay. Now, I attach this breath. <clears throat> Ignominious, hither and see what this noble Roman hath wrought, and ope the note so fastened to the good pleasure. I, Plato, being of sound mind and body, do run on mine own bare podkin, and thrust mine sword into my heart to aid and abet the escape to exile of General Brutus. Ignominious, place the general's toga upon me. The general, dressed in mine own proper toga, deliver o'er me the funeral oration, and afterwards flee. I had not known pleasure to be so bold, therefore, nor so wordy in execution. Hasten, ignominious. Sir. And now, 
Wearing the toga of pleasure, as was his last want, I will myself into the pulpit and show the piteous manner of mine own demise. <laughs> Friends, Romans, and countrymen, I come to bury Brutus and to praise him. Justice, verity, and mercy were his. Also, devotion, patience, fortitude, and a stout heart. Yet, death makes no conquest of this conqueror. In that self and violent hand which writ his honor in the acts it did, the courageous general bore the power that canceled him. He okayed himself, a Roman by a Roman, nobly vanquished. Oh, insupportable and touching loss. If wreck and ruin in a thousand wrecks lies rotting ten thousand Roman kites and buzzards gnaw upon. What matter? This was the noblest Roman of them all. The loss of such a lord includes all harm. Now weep, you hard hearts, you cruel men of Rome, weep. Dissolve, send plenteous tears to drown the world. I see you are embarrassed. Let men dismiss yourselves and weep in private. Well, true, Plato. Boy, uh, uh, to your accustomed post. Who commands now that the general is gone? Ask again tomorrow. Oh, when do the Chinese come? Well, at sundown, most likely. Now, to make good my escape to exile. Who's that saucy fellow enshrouded in corpulence, his hat plucked about his ears, his face half buried in his trench coat? What ho, Sarah? Where dost thou go, thou sneaking varlet? You, sirrah, you! Aye, sir? I'm of a mind to hammer you, rogue. State your purpose here. I'm uh, taking a constitution. A constitution? A stroll, an outing, and now I'm off. A stroll in the entrenchment? None stalk here but the foot soldiers of the deceased general. All those are the enemy. And which, pray tell, on pain of being hamstrung, are you? Why, friend, of course. Boys! <laughs> Look what we have here! A Chinaman who's learned Latin! <laughs> what do we do with Chinamen? Sizzle him, smother him, unfatten him at the joints! Wean him on the vertigo! Your last words, Chinaman, choose. I beg leave, if I may. Prepare yourself for silence. I am the General Brutus. He's the General Brutus. The General Brutus is defunct. We all have seen him buried. I say, bury this name and be redoubled sure. Laugh at your own death. Howl then and wax hysterical. You, Sirrah, for one more opinion, be drawn and quartered. Come, speak aspersion and instantly straggle on it. If you are the general, how came your corpse to be discovered in noble suicide and the oration praised? It was a test. To probe the medal of the troops. For rumor has it, Chinese impostors infiltrate the ranks. And that vile rumor purged why jubilation. We, every man of us, are victors. A happy day it is. Less than convincing. Rings furious to me. I like it not. It stinks of big. It's sure. And each man here present to be promoted, awarded a scarab of glorious conduct, and 75 sesterces. Oh, General! Oh, Brutus! Narrower and narrower. <laughs>
General, wake up. All's lost, hey. sir. What? Except for the two great tanks under which the men hmm? encamp. Everything, sir. Oh. All that was left has been stolen. Everything gone? Stolen? Yes, sir, whilst you slept. By whom? The enemy. Of course. Do you suppose they'll return it? And my men, Igluminius, all my spongy hirelings, all gone too, all dead. Shivering naked in the rain. A ravaged army, quaking in the mud. Awaiting what, I ponder? Your speech, sir. Your charge to the troops. From here on in, that is, until the course of the campaign improves, when anyone asks if I am in, you tell Where me... Within his war tent, writing his oration, his address, his charge to the troops. I'll unmuzzle my wisdom to you, but I must be brief. The situation now is grave, and what steps I'll take in remedy, I perforce must presently concoct. Had I but time, oh, I could tell you, but soft. Ignominious approacheth. Brooding time again. It must be by his death. Ignominious? Hither with alacrity. My lord, I'll have none of it. No, Ignominious? Why not? It's against my religious scruples. Ignominious? A coward dies many times before his death. The valiant never taste of death but once. Run on my sword. I say no, General, and sophistry will not avail you. Do you forget your situation? Sir, I do not. Yet yours of late is thinly stretched and hourly more doubtful. Ignominious, everything that lives must die, passing through nature to eternity. Run on my sword. No. Run on my sword or I'll have you killed. Didst reason thus with pleasure? Farewell, ignominious. Thou owest a debt to time and mortal custom which I would have thee pay now. Come hither, I will award thee. Are you not afeard, my lord, of confronting the ghost of Plato at the hour of reckoning? Brutus never doth wrong but with just cause. But soft! Look there, behind thee, the bloody ghost of ignominious. The bloody ghost of ignominious? Oh, Brutus, at thy back! Nothing in life became him like believing it. Sweet Brutus bid me hold his Vulcan and the noble general, his face averting, did back upon it. Farewell, tranquil mind. Are all thy glories shrunk to this little measure? When that this huge case did contain a spirit, a kingdom for it was too small. Now two spaces of vilest earth is room enough that bears not alive so stout a gentleman. He was surpassing fat, tis so. Sirrah, if it please you, I have not finished the oration. I am, as twere, but warming up. Weep, weep, the sun of Rome is set. Our day is Stop no now. more. I am glutted, gorged, and full. This syrupy eulogy overfloweth the measure. Sirrah, if ye'd not find thy esophagus wound around a doorknob, be silent or be put to silence. Not so, it is I, the fearful ghost of Brutus. His ghost, I tell you, not Brutus himself. In five minutes, I shall return in flames, bearing a message of spiritual admonishment. And for every Roman soldier, for every several man, a fortune in success. Look, look, an army of ghosts approaching. Led by the bloody shades of Pontaroy, but you adore it, Plato, and it is ignominious. Oh, no, 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 no,
sorry. I was childish foolish. Had I but foreseen. But I'll be good, I promise. Yeah, the ghost of Port Leroy is pointing. There's the bacon fed chopper. I'm going by the Is that lurking serpent the Chinese envoy? Sin man, where's that unlooked accident you spoke of? Thy last bottom kick, Lord Blutus, take. Fair riddance. If thou mayst not immortal look about thee, for Brutus of death ne'er shall taste till two tanks occupy the same space. Why? I am immortal then, but that can never be, or else throw physic to the dogs. <laughs> Clay brain such, devise what thou wilt, erase thy deeds. Swords I smile at, gun turrets I laugh in their face. <laughs> Till two tanks occupy the same space. <laughs> Now my spirits lifted, much fresh and well fortified with this augury, to make good mine escape to exile. Uh, a plague on it! Two tanks draw nigh full tilt from opposite directions. Take care! You'll cause an accident! Oh, yeah, oh. history cut short General Brutus by Jeff Wanchell. George Michon was featured as the General Brutus. Also heard were Richard Ramos, Michael Laskin, James Hurdle, Harley Venton, and Guy Paul. Original music for the General Brutus was composed by Herb Pilhofer. The production was directed by John Madden, with technical realization by Tom Vagley. For Earplay, the Radio Drama Production Center for Public Broadcasting.